Hey, it's Karen Hunter from the Karen Hunter Show on Sirius XM Urban View. Here's a highlight from today's show. And joining us is a real activist, somebody who has been rolling up her sleeves quietly, um, doing some things around food, uh, food, water, justice. I mean, everything. Uh, she's the co-director of the Movement for Black Lives electoral justice project and i believe she's running for something so she's here she's the the former mayor's daughter and the current mayor's sister but that's doesn't even begin to talk about what rakia lamumba means to mississippi let me welcome the great rakia lamumba hi welcome Hey, it is so good to be on always on your show with you who are just really doing amazing work and just really telling our stories, telling, giving us an, a venue, a, a place. And I'm just so thankful. Thank you. And hey, Don, it's good to be on with you too. Thank you. Yeah, it's a pleasure to meet you. And so I got to I gotta say from the beginning, you and your brother uh, and especially you are carving your own legacy, but we honor your father who was one of the, the 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 predecessor kings in creating this moment we see now where young black progressives have the opportunity to be at the executive offices in cities and he saw that vision and uh and achieved it although he did not have the the opportunity to uh, to play it out to his fullest but every time i think about you and your brother and the amazing things that you all are doing for our people in the deep south uh, i always think to honor your father and your mother who uh, who paved the way Thank you so much. Thank you. And I appreciate you lifting both of them. People often forget my mother who passed uh, several years before my father. Um, and she was really a true example of what it meant to build a strong Black family that really believed in the community as a family and the family as a community. And so she was a, a really just great partner and like movement worker on her own. So I, I appreciate it. So my father, Shokwe Lumumba, for folks who don't know, and my mother, Nubia uh, Lumumba, uh, I was truly blessed and I'm grateful. And I it, it warms my heart every time someone remembers them and lifts them up because I know how hard they worked. I was in the house. So that, that part, you know, because I think we we look at the end result or we look at, you know, dreams not fully fulfilled in terms of like you look at Mississippi being the uh, per capita largest gathering of black folk in the United States of America. You know, Texas yeah. has the actual physical number, but Mississippi per capita percentage wise has the largest gathering of black folk. And you just hope for so much more. Right. But then you see how much opposition you're going to get because you do have the numbers. And so we should talk about this in a really uh, you know, not in an anecdotal way, but in like some raw numbers and how we can actually help tip the balance because now there's a lot of money that was just uh, sent to the government there in Jackson to fix the infrastructure by this federal government that wouldn't have happened under Trump, happened under Biden. So talk about the plan for that that money and for you personally, what what's, what's your game plan? Yeah, so you know, you raise a really great point. We, Mississippi has now and historically always had more elected officials than anywhere else in the nation. Black elected officials, I'm sorry, than anywhere else in the nation, to make it clear. Even during the time uh, of reconstruction, right? After reconstruction. And now we still do. The issue though is exactly what you talked about. The more power it seems like black people can have in the space, the greater the resistance, the greater the challenges, the greater the opposition. And so what we're seeing here in Mississippi is, first of all, uh, Mississippi is uh, soon to be the first state in the nation to have a majority Black population. 
Already, we're in between 38% and 42%, depending on who's given the numbers, right, of, of Black people making up um, the state. We believe in about 10 years, we're going to make up the majority of the state. You know, um, the reality is that they're preparing for that. And so when we talk about water and infrastructure, we see that not only have they been neglectful, our state been neglectful, and our state is predominantly run by, um, uh, and I can say it because most people know it, unfortunately, we have a governor that um, is a friend of Trump, a great Trump supporter, and believes in, 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 in those methods of governing um, that are oppressive. Um, but what we've seen is that they've just been neglectful overall. Um, neglectful around water and infrastructure, not only in Jackson, the capital city where I live, but across the state of Mississippi, they've been neglectful. And so because Jackson has is the largest city by three in the state of Mississippi, is also one of the blackest cities in Mississippi with over 86% of our population is black. And because it has the largest black, it's the capital, it has black leadership in the capital. What we've seen is since the 70s, a consistent decline in funding um, for our water and infrastructure. As it became blacker, we got less funding. There was more neglect. And so over the past couple of years, we've been fighting to get state and federal money to really fix that infrastructure. And Biden, yes, Biden came through. But Biden came through because I really want to I really want to highlight this. Biden became through because Jackson is just an example of what's happening all across the nation in small towns and in places where water and infrastructure has been really underfunded and overlooked. And so we're suffering. People are suffering all across this nation around water and infrastructure. But in Jackson in particular, it's been the people of Jackson. It's been the residents. It's been us who've been the real heroes in this fight, still paying water bills when we ain't got water running through our pipes, still paying water bills when we can't drink the water, paying water bills that are 10 times the amount we're supposed to pay because we have broken meter systems, water that's coming through pipes that are uh, uh, decades old and corroding, right? And so when we pushed and we're rallying for funds from the federal government and the state to provide for our rebuild of our water infrastructure, we were pushing not only for those funds to come to us, but for us to have some real control over how that money is spent and what it looks like to have a rebuild of a system. And so right now we're asking people to continue to put your eyes on Jackson because yeah, we got 600 million, soon to be um, 800 million over a period of time, but we got that money and right now we have an entity, a third party uh, manager that has been appointed by the EPA to oversee this money. And they're working with the state parties that's been harming us in the first place instead of listening to the residents, listening to the people. So what we're doing now is trying to prevent ourselves from being raped again. Right. And I use that word because that's what it feels like. And that's a strong word to use. And I recognize that because it really feels like we're just constantly being just tortured, constantly being harmed. You know, we, we finally get this money and then we're not even, we're left out of the process altogether. You know, yeah. so, so when we talk about a state being intentionally robbed of infrastructural support and resources to create infrastructural support, I mean, those are decisions that come down to political leadership. And a city, a city being robbed. I wouldn't a city, say forgive me. Yes, 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 a city, forgive me. Those are decisions that are directly traceable to individuals making resource allocation decisions, right? But when we talk about white supremacy, one thing I try to make clear is that if we're talking about guns or if we're talking about infrastructural resources, white supremacy hurts us all 
because the critical infrastructure in the state of Mississippi is located in Jackson, who they have systematically starved of resources. And if you don't believe that, I would ask our people listening, where is the major city of Mississippi if not Jackson, right? I mean, obviously, we got love for our family in Hattiesburg and all throughout the state, the Delta, so on and so forth. And you and I and Karen know them. But if you are to travel to the state of Jackson from anywhere else on the planet, where you, I'm sorry, to the state of Mississippi from anywhere else on the planet, where are you going, right? It's one way in and one way out. And so when we see that this city has blackened in terms of leadership and population, to starve this city is to starve the universities, is to starve the power plants, is to starve the business infrastructure of the state of Mississippi. So can you talk about what all is starved and what all is drained and what all dies on the vine when you exclude the when you exclude the city of Jackson from opportunity? Um, so number one is the capital. So every state building is in the city. Most state buildings are in the city of Jackson. Yeah. The state capital is in the the state capital itself is in Jackson. It's in the heart of downtown of Jackson. And the people who and the civil servants who work at those buildings every day, right? That's right. That's right. And they're there as well. The other thing is that it's not just so, you know, when you have boil water notices, it shuts down businesses, right? Um, when I say Jackson has by far all of the major hospitals are based in Jackson, all of the major hospitals in Mississippi. Um, and so that means constantly in rural communities, you see uh, people being helicoptered in from rural communities all across the state. Um, they're closing rural hospitals. So Jackson is really the hub for all hospitals. And especially we all we have the only trauma one hospital in the state. Right. And so when you're starving Jackson, you're starving ability for people to have good health care. You're having ability for people to get medical attention that they need. Jackson is also a place where, you know, yes, it's predominantly black, but it ain't just black people that live here. When we, you know, I, I founded a coalition called the Mississippi Rapid Response Coalition because of our water crisis back in 2021. And this coalition, we've served over 100,000 people already in Jackson since that time, right? I mean, sorry, in Mississippi since that time. Um, and what we see and what hurts is these older people, black and white, coming and saying, thank you so much with tears in their eyes, saying, thank you so much for giving us some water. Like, just thank you, because I didn't know what I was going to be able to do, right? Like, to not be able to drink the water, bathe in the water. You know what I'm saying? You got to boil your water to cook. And that's if your gas and everything is on. Just this weekend on um, Saturday, we were out in the heat passing out water and gift cards to an apartment complex where the gas and the water was completely out. And for those residents who had a little water trickling, the water was coming out brown. Right. And we're presenting this. And when I talk about like, I'm going to really encourage y'all to go to Jackson Advocate. It's a local uh, newspaper here in Mississippi. It's been around for decades. Um, one of the first um, Black newspapers here. But they have an article. They tell in the story about what communities asking for. We're not asking for much. We're asking to be notified when there, are boil water, when there is a, a water contamination or possible contamination because we see water coming out of our pipes still brown. We're asking to just be informed about when uh, we can uh, use our water safely and how. 
We're asking to simply have a hotline that works where we can actually get through and talk about what we're experiencing. You know, we're asking to have our uh, uh, billing system be relocated back to Jackson because it was recently moved to the outskirts, the suburbs of Pearl. We're asking because that brings jobs also here, right? So we're not asking for much. We're not asking <laughs> for something ridiculous. We're asking to be a part of a process that we deserve to be a part of anyway. I love um, Rakia Lumumba is here, um, and I every day I say we all live somewhere. We all live somewhere. It is our responsibility to impact the places that we live. We can make them better if we all participate in making where we live a little bit better. For some, it may be doing a community garden, doing what what our friend Ron Finley is doing, but that's extreme. But you know, if you could do a little bit of what Ron Finley is doing in, around the world, that would be amazing to to uh, stave off you know hunger in our community. Maybe for some people, it's building homes or just providing resources. For you, you know, I think the bar is raised, you know, because of the home you come out of with your mother Nubia and your dad Chokwe to to serve at a lot larger level. So now you're running for for the state legislature talk about that decision because to go from rolling up your sleeves in the trenches to now becoming a lawmaker for the green party by the way which i I like that talk about that transition for you yeah so you know um first of all shout out to ron finley the homie and all the great work that he's doing i'm trying to get on that level too listen (laughs) He didn't come through Jackson. We didn't try to get him to help us so many times. So, you know, we need that. Um, but also, um, you know, I, I decided to run because I was asked by community because and, and every year I've been asked, right, to, to run. And I, it just never made sense to me. I'm like, no, you know, ain't no, you know, I, I, I'm we doing work already in the community. I don't need to, to be in that. But this year, after such an aggressive legislative session, where there have been significant attacks against our voting rights, um, our public safety and our democracy, our ability to even participate, um, community made it clear, look, we need you now. Um, And we need you now because we have to actually engage community members in the process of governing. What we learned over the past couple of years is that oftentimes decisions are being made behind these closed doors. Community members, we find out much later when it's too late to really impact change or prevent something from passing. And so I wanna do something different. I wanna enter this this legislative session, this legislative house, and I wanna actually bring community with me. And I wanna bring information back to community, engage them in the process of understanding what's happening inside that building and vetting that information and them telling me how I should move, how should I move. And so I I look at that process do what I'm hoping to see as people assemblies. This is what we should do. And let me correct myself. It's working parties, uh, working families party. It's the working family. Oh. It's the working family party that you're a part of. Yes, so I'm, I'm still on the Democratic ticket. I'm a, um, I am a registered with the Democratic Party. Um, but here we don't have a working families party. But, you know, the working families party is one of those parties that wherever you are, they they uh, tend to mirror the Democratic Party as well. So, okay. yeah. and, and it's important. It's important to acknowledge that you are not running to subvert the Democratic Party in the state of Mississippi you are not running to say, don't vote Democrat. You will likely caucus with the Democrats when you enter the legislature, right? Um, but I think that from a working families party or from a Green Party perspective, we can often push, and we talked about this last week with respect to uh, Brother Dr. Cornell West running for president, we can ideologically push the moderate Democratic Party 
towards more progressive wings and to hearing our voice from a voice inside. I would ask you, so you're going into a legislature in Jackson in which you will be in the super minority, yeah. right? And, and, and to be clear, it wasn't long ago that Democrats were in the majority in the state house and the state senate in Mississippi. So it ain't like, you know, these states have been eternally red. It's within not only within our lifetime, but in recent years that mm -hmm. there were blue majorities. So your brother has a role as mayor of Jackson. Benny has a role. The Honorable Benny Thompson has a role. Your senators have a role. How do you define your role as a member of a legislature without executive authority? In other words, what you going to do for our folks? From the I'm an advocate. Wait, I'm an advocate. Wait, wait, hold on. And I want you to fully answer that because I want people to know when they can vote for you, how they can support you, all this. And we have less than 30 seconds, so I'm going to ask you to stick around. Uh, Representative Lumumba, I'm already I'm speaking into existence. <laughs> stick around. When we come back, I need you to tell answer Don's question, which you already did. You're an advocate. But tell us how we can support you and what you need because we got to get you elected. And it's one by one, two by two. We got to get more. got to duplicate this model. All right. I asked the great Rakia Lumumba to stick around because she is running for office in the primary is uh, next week, August 8th. So we need y'all to show up, uh, show out, be present, be there. And so uh, Don asked a question about what are you going to do when you don't have the, I mean, because it's like our, our Congress now, right? The House of Representatives, they don't have a majority. Democrats don't have a majority. What do you do when you are in the vast minority in an apartheid leaning state? Come on, tell the truth, all of it, right? The reality is you got to advocate, you got to organize. And so it's really about doing something different, bringing community into the space, bringing the people with you. The more we expose what's happening, the greater the chance that we can see a victory on our end, something that is better for all of us. And so, you know, people are concerned about, oh, well, can she work across the aisle? You can't be a Black person in America and not work with people that don't think like you. You can't be a Black person in Mississippi and not work across the aisle, right? So it's not so much about whether I'm going to work across the aisle or whether I even have the capacity. It's about who's going to work for you. Right. And so that's the real question that we have to ask. And I'm going to be working for us, for all of us, because I believe that Mississippi, we deserve so much more than what we see. And we have the potential to see so much more. We have the ability to go from the last to the first. We really do. We really do. And we deserve it. And so that's what I'm going to do. You know, August 8th, I need people to come out and vote for me. I need folks to go to my website, rukialumumba.com. I need you to donate. I need you to sign up for all of my Jacksonians and Mississippians and Ridgelands in my district that's listening. Seriously, vote for me. I need your support. I need your prayers because a vote for me is a vote for all of us. And shout out to listening because a lot of people listen to your show in Mississippi, Karen. A lot of us. I always get it. Let me tell yeah. you, Mississippi's that that's one of my favorite places uh, in the world. Jackson, Jackson State, one of the best yeah. colleges. It is it is lit. It is brilliant. The folk there are active. It is uh, Tougaloo, where I went. Tougaloo, <laughs> no, and Tougaloo, um, and and yeah. Megar Evers' home. I like you. There's so much rich culture in Mississippi. I, you know, I, I was walking. I promise you, I was walking the other day, and I said, "Man, I should settle there. I should settle in Mississippi. I should come there." 
and bring all of this, you know. Come on, then, you could but, be by city, even if you just don't want to be there all year. Come on, you could be, you could have residency and here. I'm, we got I'm gonna tell you, I'm gonna tell you what inspired me. So I'm listening to Robert Moses's book, um, Radical mm-hmm. Equations, right? And um, and the book, the foreword is by Mr. Dennis, and he was talking about how he supplied the car for Schwerner and Goodman and Cheney. You know, he was supposed to be there um, to to help people register to vote and to to research and all of this. And as he's talking about, you know, Mississippi and all the things, the epicenter of the civil rights movement in so many ways, I was like, hmm, you know, people came, left their couches from Philly and New York and all over the country to come to Mississippi to say, I wish you would. And they, Mm -hmm. you know, Viola Luosa and it and it happened. Right. Some of them didn't keep their lives. And so I just think about the the climate now being very reminiscent of that and how Mississippi burning centered around the white saviors and not all of the black people that every day got up and said, no, not today, because it was really that. And so we're, we're back here and we got to get up and stand up. I know it's tiring. It's very, very disconcerting sometimes to live in a world that is so bent on keeping people in their place. Mm-hmm. But if your place is where you think it should be, then you have to fight for your space. You got to fight for your space. We're going to fight for our space. So I was, I was thinking about that. I said, if Bob Moses uh, can use math uh, and, and use that as a civil rights club, you know, cudgel or whatever you call that, you know, bludgeon, I, I can use this microphone anywhere. So I was yeah. thinking about that. So win, win your seat, madam, win your seat. I'm, I'm coming. I'm coming at least for a couple of months. I'm going to be in Mississippi and hang out with uh-huh. you. What do you need? What do you need? So I need you to come. <laughs> okay. Okay. Y'all, you know what to do. You go to Rakia Lamumba. That's R-U-K-I-A. Lamumba, L-U-M-U-M-B-A.com. The website is beautiful. She's wearing all white because, you know, she's invoking the ancestors, all of them, to come in August 8th. Show up. Show up and show out. Uh, And, Nick, I know you're listening. Go get the people to the polls. Drive them. Do whatever you got to do. But we got to get people to show up because that's usually the case. It's it's the turnout. It's the turnout that is the problem. Let's, Let's turn out. Hey, this is Karen Hunter. You can listen to The Karen Hunter Show live every Monday through Friday at 3 p.m. East on Sirius XM Urban View Channel 126 or anytime on the Sirius XM app.